Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Uh, just want to get this out of the way, everyone. It is episode 550 and to celebrate and definitely not a complete coincidence because there's not a lot to talk about this week we are doing the drowning special if you if you don't remember uh episode 539 i I went back and checked um (laughs) we had two coincidentally two stories that were very funny about near-death drowning experiences and i put the call out i said guys let's have all your near-death drowning stories that are funny and uh, we got three the next week, and then they just kept coming in. And we've got approximately 20 to 21 uh, <laughs> stories about drowning. Um, and that's not all of them. Some didn't make it in just because there were too many. Some didn't make it in because they were not funny and have actively <laughs> scarred me. Yeah. Um, but we are going to do a series of drowning stories. And to help me with that, I've got Dale Driver and Jesse Gomez. Hello. Hello. Experts um, in drowning. Also, uh. are we gonna are we gonna say up top? There's no uh, endless search this week. No endless know? search because life's a game, baby, and you yeah. nearly lo- lost it. <laughs> I wonder um, how many listeners we just Jesus. lost there. By the way, I so don't. There's no endless search. No, I, know. I think much. maybe four. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last week, uh, I do want to point out. Someone pointed out in a kind way that it was the worst worst endless search ever. Uh, <laughs> I think that was more my fault than the person who wrote in the quiz i could have done better to uh to do that but i've got things to do with my life so shut up um before we get to the drowning though we do have to do some cursory actual you know chat because both Mm. of you have been playing new things uh one isn't even bloody out jesse you've played microsoft (laughs) flight simulator i i feel like an absolute legend because i've put in so many flight hours now and i'm so certain i can land near enough any plane is it, you think, is it fair do to you say th- you play sorry. Flight Simulator or do you just experience I mean, Flight Simulator? You play Football Manager, mate, and that's oh, really yeah, yeah. interactive. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Yeah, it's been, um, it's, been, it's been quite the interesting journey going from small little planes to trying to do a full flight from San Francisco to Las Vegas whilst trying to ignore the, the various screams coming in from the background whilst I almost crash. <laughs> it's quite scary, to be honest. I was, like, we've, re- we've released a couple videos already and one of them is like an hour and a half journey from san france to las vegas and looking at the comments a lot of people are saying this guy doesn't seem like a professional pilot I'm like <laughs> what 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 do you want from me also like- i'm sorry how many of those people are themselves professional pilots who would be able a- to appa- assess apparently that quite a few of them are <laughs> of more than capable are. of landing at nighttime with like a lot of wind in a humongous airplane um, but, Joe, have you ever been on our YouTube comments before? They are always experts. <laughs> they are always. Pro- yeah, but specifically, IGN commenters are, without a fa- without fail, <laughs> professional pilots. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a professional but, pilot, and I don't like your opinion about <laughs> Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, Jesse, but, this is a game that has been, I think, unexpectedly a massive success in yeah. early release for Microsoft. Like, every time they show it, people go wild for it is it living up to that to that Um, billing i mean from my perspective as someone who like enjoys simulators in general especially you know flight simulators um i think it's exceeded my expectations because i've put in a lot of hours into previous flight simulators i mean back in 2006 the reason why i kind of got into pc gaming was because of the previous um flight simulator entry um but this is like it's it's an amazing experience especially if like me you're into flight simulators i guess but 
even for someone who's new, it is really, really accessible. Like straight from the bat, you've got a really in-depth tutorial. And even outside of that, when you're just doing general flying, you can just have the game like go through um, like setup options for you. So you're fresh in a plane and you might not know how to start it completely, but there's a guide that you can go through that says you want to turn this on, it does this and so forth. It's it's really in depth and it's just, it's really accessible as well. From, uh, from so Seth Macy has done our preview and, and just yeah. obviously you worked on the video on that. Um, so I don't really have any interest in Flight Simulator previously, but I watched that video and mm. I think Seth made a really good point of the fact that it's like, we are all indoors right now. We can't <laughs> go on holiday and experience the yeah, world. Yeah. But he he was talking about the idea of like, oh, I want to see Rio de Janeiro. I want to see Christ the Redeemer there. I can just fly there and look at it in flight simulator now. And I was so impressed with how good that actually <laughs> looks. Like how much oh, of no, the world are they is, actually modeled as well? It's incredible. It is mad because um, like from what I remember on the presentation we had from the developers, there's around 37 like, 37,000 airports. And obviously a lot of those, I mean, near enough, like 99% of them are kind of like procedurally generated, but they're close enough okay. to the actual thing whilst 30 airports in the game on the base version, like handcrafted. And yeah. one of the first things I did as soon as I got to the game, I was like, I have family that live in Gibraltar and I've flown there many times, not obviously personally as a passenger. <laughs> you <laughs> what? Not. I thought you were you a professional pilot. <laughs> Apparently according to the commenters, I'm not, but whatever, I'll take it. Um, but just going on a plane and heading to Gibraltar and going in for the landing, it's it's amazing how how just real life it feels. And, and it's weird because that's one of the most exciting things about this game that I guess a lot of people are hyped about. It's just the visuals. Mm. Yeah. It's one of the most amazing looking games I've ever seen, let alone played. As well, well, this is what this is what I what excites me about it. Like I'm I'm not a flight sim person and mm. like I will play it. But I'll play it in the same way I kind of played Elite, where I think I'll get a grip on it, have a look around, and that might be as much as I mm. put in. Yeah. And like, obviously, I say this with the privilege of I get a lot of games for free, so you know, yeah, I'm not course. having to pay for that privilege. But the the thing that really excites me is that we've had for probably like the past five years, we've increasingly heard developers being like, "The cloud is going to really help us. The cloud is going to yeah, yeah, yeah. let us have bigger worlds, more be beautiful worlds, do more simulation, and all this stuff." And we're hearing about it as we go into Xbox Series X because they've yeah. got those Azure servers that are being used for this. And they um, are amazing. <laughs> well, and this is it. And like we heard about, so obviously we all know how it turned out, but the best behind the scenes demo I've ever been shown of a game was Crackdown 3 when they mm. were still actually making a multiplayer mode that fully used the cloud. And they were like, here's a city, it's all being simulated and we've turned on a marker on the UI that won't be in the final game showing you how many servers are being used right now to make this work. Yeah. And as you played, it was one server and you're running around and then you're shooting each other and like that was kind of ticking over. And then it was like, blow up that building. And so four people got around and shot rockets into the corner of this building and it simulated all the destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly there was like 19 servers appeared on the thing. And you're like... <laughs> This is and this is all online. This was happening across multiple consoles simultaneously, and you're like, this is fucking incredible. Um, it, it is, it and is crazy the amount, like how far they've got into it. Because like, not only have they kind of recreated the Earth, and you can fly. I mean, if you're mad, you can you can do kind of like a 24 hour flight and try and go <laughs> all around mad. the world. <laughs> but this is the thing: they not only have they like got every single airport, even like little dirt tracks that you can land in. They're tracking the wind, they're tracking actual live airplanes. So when my uh, auntie was flying from Gibraltar to London just a few days ago, I went onto the game and I could see her flight going off from Gibraltar and then coming to London. You could see that on the world map. 
And That's so that, weird. That it, it is mad how much data they have in the game, and they're using um, Bing Maps as well. And everyone takes the piss out of Bing just because it ain't Google. But <laughs> it's it's one of those weird things where it's like Spider Man uses Bing, mate. Come on, does it? Yeah. That's mad. Do you not like Spider Man? <laughs> no. God, he loves Bing. Yeah, he talks Andrew about Garfield it constantly. One. He loves Bing oh, and well, Bing's. I fucking hate that one. <laughs> anyway, going going back to the topic here, yeah, like we even asked as well, like how often can we expect this to get updated and. They said that, well, because, you know, planes haven't really been flying too much to get, like, you know, uh, accurate, like, ground details because of COVID and stuff. Once that picks up, the game's going to be getting more updates. So if there's a building that's been constructed recently in your town and, you know, there's a plane that goes over and captures that data, you might end up seeing that in a couple weeks on Flight Simulator. And it's even tracking accurate weather detail as well. So when it was raining outside, I flew outside and had the live weather option selected and it it was basically the exact same. It's not obviously going to be a perfect representation, yeah. but it's the general feeling of how accurate everything is, which is just, it's mind-blowing. Well, okay. what, what really intrigues me is, like, how soon is it before we see this pushed into more, like, fantastical usage? Like, are we going to yeah. see games set, uh, like, across giant swathes? Like, I love the idea of, say, someone taking Earth's data and then recontextualizing it and using it as, like a fantasy thing or a post-apocalypse thing mm. and it's like yeah, yeah. we're using a full Earth's worth of data but they're, all the buildings are being rendered as like broken down places or you know mm. or medieval like yeah. <laughs> using this idea of like recontextualizing real life data to make something realistic in the past or future is like I'm yeah. so excited by what this <laughs> could presage like this yeah. idea that, that Flight Sim yeah. is the basis for something more that we've never seen before because like we have never it, seen a game do this before. And it's so rare that we get that anymore. Yeah. Like, it's weird to say, but this... It sounds a bit cheesy, but this actually feels next-gen. Even though I'm not playing it... I'm playing it on my yeah. computer. I'm not playing it, obviously, on a new yeah. console or whatever, but just being able to... Yeah, the technology is absolutely crazy. And even aside from just how beautiful the game is, even if you're thinking, I don't quite know what I'm actually going to do other than, you know, flying from whatever airport, just going to, like, landmarks and stuff. The developers are trying to make it... Like, if you want it to be gamey, it can be gamey. There are landing challenges there. There's bush trips you can go to when you're going from landmark to landmark in Africa or in New Zealand or something like that. And they're even planning, like, you know, their wish list is to have missions and a career. Because this is coming to, you know, Xbox and, like, and Game Pass as well. And I can't imagine that audience is all too familiar with Flight Simulator just because there's never really been any offerings on consoles. Mm. Yeah. So, it's... It's really exciting how that game's actually going to progress over time. I would, I would say um, it's maybe slightly disappointing that Microsoft aren't interested in VR stuff because this feels like it well, could they, be... They well, are. That, it's coming that, after that's launch. The thing. Yeah, so oh, is it? They, yeah. they are going to be bringing it to VR. I think as of now, it's coming to like um, a specific headset. It's coming launch, to one... It's, it's coming to an HP headset after oh. launch. But then yeah. after... But they, they have said evolve. now, I think they told Eurogamer that it's now coming to other VR headsets after that. So Yeah, and that'll oh, be okay. expected. So we can imagine they have like, might have a deal with them or something, but those headsets are going to become yeah. available. And like the way I was playing the game as well, and this is just on the topic of peripherals, like I was lucky because I was able to play it with like, you know, a full, a full kind of setup when I had like, you know, the throttle, the yoke and the, the pedals and whatnot. But just this morning, I plugged in my Xbox uh, One controller and I started playing it and all the controls that you would need are there. So... <laughs> You know, a lot of people are kind of worried, like, am I, like, what, what kind of setup am I going to need when really yeah. the game just plays just fine with a Xbox One So what One you're saying well. is all those plastic peripherals you've got in your <laughs> flat right now are useless. 
No, no, no. It's, it's <laughs> okay. wicked. Let's just get that straight. No, 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 because Star Wars well. Squadron's coming out. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I need I all think that stuff anyway. You haven't actually shown us a picture at any point of your complete flight setup. Yeah, especially because like what, what you can't see, listener, is that Jesse, like me, has grown a banging moustache now. So now he looks like a proper old school 80s pilot. Yeah. I, mean, I want to see you in a little in the hat giving well. the thumbs up. Also, you, the the video you spoke about earlier, the um, San Francisco to Las Vegas one, yeah. you you intro that video and outro that video in your pilot's <laughs> voice. As well, like you're talking to the crew. so you are truly living out the pilot's yeah. like fantasy. I, I, don't, I want I don't to see you to in that, that situation. I don't get to do that proper hammy up voiceover style anymore. So it was nice to kind of just reintroduce <laughs> that in a really fun video. <laughs> do you do it when you're on your own playing that game? Yes. <laughs> do you do that thing that all pilots do where they say er uh, before they speak? Where they go, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are about uh, 30,000 uh, feet above. Well, they say er. Uh, the date is right in front of them as well. I know. And <laughs> they're really, like, it. you have to be, a, I want my pilot to be sure about what's going on. Like, more than almost any other job, I want them to be absolutely sure they know what's going on. And especially uh, if you just look to the right. Absolutely sure exactly how to land as well. Yeah. So it's great. We're going to get angry pilots right now. One telling us that Jesse's a shit pilot, and then two telling us there's a reason they say "uh." Fuck me! Imagine I did, I did, if there's proper pilots listening to us. I did. Pilots. Have a com- I did have a commercial airliner pilot message me on Reddit saying, "Don't worry about your landings. We know that you're new." So that <laughs> that's was so really nice. Good. Like that's Reddit awesome. has actually been really kind to the videos that they've shared of us. So it's very nice. That's genuinely really cool. <laughs> what a lovely also, person. Also, maybe yeah. a little bit condescending, like a pat on the head. It's like, don't worry, you got this. It's a I mean, tough job, man. <laughs> yeah. I think you're allowed to be patronising if you fly fucking planes. <laughs> this isn't like GTA Online. It's not easy. It's a simulator. Okay, I just want yeah, to get that okay. across. But still, very, very, very fun. I'm excited to see how it improves. I think it's, re- yeah, I think it's a very exciting thing. I can't believe Flight Simulator is like the most advanced game in the world right now. It's so weird. It uh, Dale, you've been playing something very different. A game yeah. called Super Liminal, which is a game that I saw in GIFs for like two years. Ages. And then yeah. it just sort of came out and I didn't realise it existed. So I was yeah. the same as you. Like I would see little clips of it and think, oh, that looks cool and interesting. And then never really paid attention when it was coming out or when it mm. was available. Mm. But I guess I the reason I picked it up was uh, because I'd finished The Last of Us and I'd just finished Ghost of Tsushima. And I was playing another game that I can't talk about, but there was a lot of shooting and killing going on, and I was a bit sick of it, to be honest. I felt like I need a palate cleanser. I need something like happy and nice and relaxing. And relaxing, yeah. And puzzling. I like puzzle games every now and again. Who doesn't like a good puzzle game, you know? Yeah. So I went on the PlayStation Store and I searched for puzzle games, and then this came up straight away. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. So I got straight on it. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's a first-person game, but it's all built in, like, experimental rooms and hallways, but it's all about perspective in regards to, like, how you view the world, how objects interact with you in the world, and then it's always about escaping the room and solving the puzzle using the objects in front of you and the world around you. Um, right. Obviously, it's a thing that's not that easy to explain in regards to perspective. Uh, I guess... A very easy way to say there'll be sometimes there's a hallway that you walk down and as you walk down the hallway you notice it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller until you can't get through it anymore <laughs> and then cool. the, the opposite of that there might be one way it looks like there's a door but as soon as you get towards it you realize it's actually just a large block coming towards you with the door painted on it you know when you see those people on the street that do i guess you don't see them right now but those <laughs> paintings where it's like a giant hole in the ground yeah and from a yeah. certain angle it looks like a giant hole in the ground there's a lot of that going on in this game 
Right. And there's also a lot of it is about manipulating objects. So you've got an object from far away, but as soon as you pick it up, if you change your perspective, so in your view line, it's huge. When you let go of it, it will become huge. Kind of like there's a lot of it, illusions then that you yeah. can see online and stuff. And a lot of it is about, you know, taking like a tiny little sign, you know, like a little 10 meter, like, like just trying to think like a 30 centimeter sign and then mm. turning it into this huge like 30 meter ramp <laughs> that you can walk up to escape a room That's and cool. i think it's it's not a massive game it's like it i think it took me about two hours on my first playthrough but you could definitely do it a lot quicker than that and most of your time is spent standing there thinking i need to think outside the box here what is the solution but i found it really like serene and satisfying it's a lot of classical music that accompanies it as That's well i cool. wondered whether they were going for like Obviously, everyone immediately went portal because yeah. it's a game about thinking outside the box in first person. But yeah, yeah, it it doesn't have that like. There's nothing like spooky about the situation. You're not trapped or like. Uh, so the interesting thing is, um, there's there's like conventional levels to a certain degree. Like you get to an elevator and then you wake up in your bedroom and then it's like a new level. And mm. each one is themed with an, a different type of puzzle. And there is one that is kind of spooky in a way. But the majority of it, I'd say there's another nine, no, there's nine altogether, so there's another eight, and they're all very peaceful and relaxed and yeah. serene. The, and the, the story of the game isn't like, you're in a fucking prison of your own <laughs> mind, you shit. Like uh, all of these games tend to be. It is a, a little bit. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so oh, there, right. there, 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 I don't really want to ex- talk about it too much, but there That's is a, a little narrative running through where it's just these voices that filter in, but it's never like, there's never that sort of passive-aggressive idea of it. Like the like Gladys sort of almost oh, like you're right. in torture scenario. It's more just like, find your way out. Here's another right. solution to find your way And then it presents uh, a lot of like highbrow theories and things like that. But it's always like the majority of it is very peaceful and relaxed. You never feel like there's any threat or danger. It's just always, can you solve this puzzle? Yeah. And I've had like a really good time with it. So much so that I finished it and now I've gone back because I know there's loads of like, you know, obviously, you know me, there's loads of hidden stuff, loads of collectibles. I want to find cool. them, but mm. it's, cra- it's crazy. Like some of the hidden things are, there's hidden rooms with constellations in them that you have to solve. That's and, wicked. But these rooms are hidden in the most bizarre ways. They're always a hole in the wall, which is just in black, but it will be the shadow of a side of a, of a drinks machine. But if you approach it at the right angle, you actually see there's a tunnel around the back of there. And That's there's wicked. so many, coll- there's uh, like, I wouldn't want to, go into all the variations there because that's part of the fun right it's part yeah, of like, totally. exploration but I would say check it out definitely that reminds me of um, did you ever uh, do the, find any of the secret areas in Superheart uh, I found I one. believe I did <laughs> but they like I really loved how those things worked because Superheart's obviously a game about you're in a situation shoot all these people and then leave Yeah. Um, for the most part and then the secret areas like turned super hot into a weird platformer or like an exploration <laughs> game where you're like having to think around how to get out of the environment you're in and then finding weird shit at the yeah. side. Yeah. And I always thought I th- that was a really cool way of using that idea and just being like, by the way, the secrets are a different game. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> such a cool thing. It is very much that, that sort of style for the, for the secret. Like finding the secrets is fun in that game because it, you know, what may seem like, just an innocuous hallway that you've got to walk through to get to your next challenge. Mm. If you actually like, you know, look up or look down and explore the environment around you, you might see, oh, hang on, there's a ledge right at the top there, but I can't get it. But if I go back to that other room and get that cheese wheel that I was using <laughs> and make it enormous, then I might be able to climb up it. And That's get up cool. There. And then there's wicked. lots of that sort of stuff going on. It's really cool. Like it's definitely worth checking out. Did and there's a see- lot of, Oh, sorry. 
I was going to say, there's a lot of crazy stuff they do with like the loading screens. Like it says loading and then there'll be a bar filling up underneath. But then every single one of them, something crazy goes on, whether that means the bar keeps extending or the word loading actually loads. (laughs) Or like (laughs) instead of loading uh, sideways, it just drops, keeps dropping down and adding more to it. And there's so many things, like little ideas and little touches in there. Interactive loading screens are the best and we don't see enough of them. Isn't there that weird thing where Konami patented uh, playable loading screens so other people couldn't do them for a long time? <laughs> so they're not playable, they're just... Like they're like the or, was they... it, or maybe Namco, I can't remember which one of them it was. Um, right. But yeah, that was always weird. It, yeah. Also, the Superliminal reminds me of that new Annapurna game. Did you see that maquette where you're in like an infinitely recursive place? So, no, so you start... This is really hard to explain, so you should probably just watch the trailer. But uh, the 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 version they gave was like you're in a room and there's a little model of like uh, a sort of domed building, kind of like the Royal Albert Hall type domed building, yeah. with a moat around it and then like a broke, essentially a broken bridge. Mm. Um, and then you realise that you're inside that building, so you're looking at a model of the building you're in. <laughs> but that's interactive with your world. So you can find a key that uh, in your sized world is a normal sized key or like Mm -hmm. kind of a big key. But if you put it on the model and put it over the bridge or the broken bridge, you look outside, there's a fucking enormous key that becomes your bridge to get out of there. So it's about using the different scales to yeah. get out, but then it goes on and gets bigger and bigger, so you get into gigantic versions of that place. <laughs> so it sounds mad. <laughs> Superliminal has that as well. Yeah. So it has a couple of missions where it's based on uh, size. So it's a doorway in front of you. You go through a doorway, and then you realise you're actually that tiny little model that was in the corner of the room, mm. and now it's oh, like Honey, cool. I Shrunk the Kids. And then you've got, but you can change those sizes as well to make you tiny in those rooms or massive in those rooms. Um, but yeah, I loved stuff like that. It, like, it remind, randomly reminded me of the Blair Witch game, which had that really cool mechanic of like watching the videotape. And if you'd pause the videotape at the right moment, oh, it changes then the, the world, and stuff. The, the environment will be changed when you stop watching mm. the camera. I, that sort of stuff is so cool and so yeah. clever. And also, I spent a lot of time thinking about how do they make this? <laughs> it seems so clever. I'm sure there's very simple solutions to. Um, swapping out the images and stuff. I, I have no idea. I just they're just game developers are smart, isn't it? They, Turns out really they, smart. They must yeah. be. They're basically the professional pilots of making weird games. Um, I don't know what that means. Anyway, uh, that's enough of games. Let's yeah. talk about drowning. Yeah, <laughs> nearly drowning, not actually drowning. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, they wouldn't be able to send feedback otherwise. Well, is, dr- is drowning the full process? Do you die when you drown, or do you drown an, a bit would, before you would die? Would you classify it as deadly drowning if you don't make it back? I think while oh. you're, I think while you're <laughs> unable to breathe underwater, you are drowning. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Guys, I've yeah. just blown your minds. <laughs> um, let's. So we've got, I think, about twenty, maybe a few less than twenty stories of hilarious drowning. <laughs> uh, Dale, do you want to kick us off? <clears throat> I will. I'll kick it off with Dave. Doesn't have this a is so, this is such a stupid idea for a podcast section. I you were going to say Dave's email is really stupid. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No. Hi, folks. 
first off, just finished the swimming episode. Was that which one was that? That was the ori- I think that was the original one. Okay, right. Okay. Reminded me a time. Reminded me of a time at secondary school. Not to blow my own trumpet, but I was pretty much all round good at sports. Not the best at any, but I could hold my own. However, I had a weakness. Think Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. You've got it. I can't swim. Ah, oh, mate. Despite telling my overly overly angry Scottish PE teacher this, he called bullshit based on the performance elsewhere. <laughs> Cue him throwing me in at the deep end, flailing me around. Uh, sorry, throwing me in at the deep end, my flailing around, and a poor classmate of mine being used as a climbing frame so I could get out of the pool. <laughs> Gotta save yourself, even if it means drowning someone else. <laughs> I, I kid, he didn't drown, neither did I, but the teacher's acknowledgement of, oh, you were telling the truth, still haunts me to this day, and I fucking hate swimming. P teachers are insane. Teacher. Imagine that, that a kid going, I can't swim, and throwing him in the pool. That's fucked up. He's like, bullshit, liar, (laughs) love him in. What a load of bullshit. Uh, (laughs) Jesse, do you want to do the next one? Absolutely. This is from James Cornwall. He says, hello to each and every one of you. I've been listening for seven years, and this is my first time writing in. I love the podcast, and I love you. Or do I? You decide. I love was- also the number of people for whom this is their first email to us is yeah, astounding. I love that people are like, you know what? It's finally the time. I've got to write in <laughs> yeah, about out of dying. All the other topics they want to know about that. Bloody hell. Um, he goes on to say, it was summer 2003 in Spain. I was six years old. My whole family, parents, aunties, uncles, and grandparents rented a villa together. And I wanted to go out in the pool one morning on my new, what does I say? Lila. What is you that? You know, those floating yeah, beds in pools. Sorry? Those floating beds in pools. Oh, yeah. I just didn't know it was called a lilo. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Listen, what I'm do you young. think it was Learn called? new things every what day. What do you call them? <laughs> yeah. What do you think I'd, it's called? I'd, if I saw it, it'd be like the fucking floaty pool thing, innit? Yeah. <laughs> the floaty pool thing. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> but yeah, he goes on to say, um, since everyone was having breakfast, I went out on the lilo my own and lay back absorbing the sunny rays without a care in my world. This but is such a nice story. <laughs> He's going to get into it now But little did I know I was drifting into the deep end of the pool Even though I couldn't swim A bee flew past my face and I swatted it Causing the lilo to topple over and me to go headfirst underwater It all happened a in a blur But for some reason I thought my best bet at staying alive Would be to exhale and sit at the bottom of the pool I think because I knew it, it was a disaster I had to stay calm Despite me not taking into consideration The fact that I couldn't actually breathe <laughs> It's um, a very rational six-year-old <laughs> Yes, yeah, I don't think it's that a- rational. Like it's I mean, a, well, it's a lo- that you, I have to remain calm. It's a chain of thinking that works, but with the result that it, <laughs> it involves you die. dying. <laughs> and finally, I was under the water for what, for what felt like hours when my grandpa leaped into the water in his speedos to rescue me from the pool floor. The whole family watched at the side of the pool as he brought me to the surface and lifted me out of the pool onto the side. <laughs> He quickly earned the name Captain Underpants due to the striking similarities to the children's book of the same name about a superhero who has nothing um, but his underwear. We still use this nickname to the day at family gatherings and it never never seems to get old. I think it's pretty mad that seemingly the oldest person in your family was the first person to jump in. And Absolute it. ledge. I also, I That's love, great. imagine being outside the pool and you're watching as your child swats at a bee, <laughs> falls in, and then disappears to the bottom of the pool like a Buddha. Like, like, I'm just imagining cross-legged, closed eyes, like the like Avatar, the last airbender. At one point, I was like, 
do we need the detail about the speedos? And then I realised it paid off in the end. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I'll t- and Jesse, I do want to confirm that Captain Underpants was an actual real thing as well. I'm sure it's a, a bit before your time, maybe. Was it? I don't no. know. Captain, Captain Underpants is... I remember is... seeing those books in primary school. Wasn't it like the 80s, Captain Underpants? No, Captain no, Underpants, Underpants is Jesse's age. in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I apologise. Yeah. Come on, mate. He's an underpants right aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from Matt Horn. Is it? He's famous, isn't he, Matt Horn? I don't know um, if this is the same one. Wasn't he Gavin and Gavin, Gavin and Stacey? Stacey? Yeah. yeah Let's pretend it. it's Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. I've had a few amusing near drownings, but my first and favourite happened when I was 13. Oh I they're always amusing. Hilarious. <laughs> Matt Horn, what a crazy drowning guy. I was hanging out with a couple of classmates at the weekend, and we planned to go to the local leisure centre for a swim. What a lovely... All of these start so beautifully. Swimming's always a part of a nice summer thing, isn't it? Yeah. But before this, my friends popped into the local Woolworths for a pick and mix. Ooh, now, that takes me back. This yeah. bit's mad, by the way. Now, I was a naive 13-year-old and barely had a life, so this was my first experience with a pick and mix. What? 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 13? Have you never been to a cinema or anything? Like, Matt Horn. Mix? I think he grew up in a cult. I don't know. I didn't know the rules. And whereas my friends frug- the rules. I didn't, whereas my friends frugally picked a selection of sweets, I was like Augustus Gloop in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and proceeded to stuff my bag full to the brim with all the best jellies I could: fizzy cola bottles, giant cola bottles, worms, gummy bears, midget gems, wine gums, cherries, <laughs> jelly babies, the lot. Matt Horn clearly fucking loved yeah. sweets. That's was way too the- much jelly. I was going to say, is the only rule here, he's just gone way too hard to jelly. Mega gums. <laughs> uh, I, casually, I casually ate most of the bag between Woolies and the leisure centre and was feeling pretty bloated by the time we got into the swimming <laughs> pool. Imagine, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> ate most of it. I was a very confident swimmer and spent... I love how some of these are boasts as well. Yeah. I was a very confident swimmer and spent a good 10 minutes jumping, diving and racing in the deep end. But finally, the old adage that you should never swim after eating came true. I was halfway across the deep end when my stomach cramped almightily. You know how painful cramp is in your leg? Well, it's much more painful in your stomach. Another boast. You cannot stretch your tummy to help relieve the cramp. So suddenly I was curled over into a ball, unable to swim, unable to breathe in the middle of the pool. I managed to get one hand to flap in a poor attempt at doggy paddle. (laughs) Imagine that's one hand like the shit Terminator 2 ending. In my mind, like he's a giant ball, like an inside at the end of inside, and he's yeah. just like flapping with one hand <laughs> and oh, pushing himself. Uh, uh, flapping, <laughs> gradually inching myself to the side of the pool. But I couldn't keep my head above water well and kept taking in water when I tried to breathe. I knew I was in desperate trouble. Where are the lifeguards? I thought. <laughs> Some of these are so well written, I love it. There were two on opposite sides of the pool, one in a high chair, one standing. With the power of telepathy and panic, I managed to catch the eye of the lifeguard in the chair. They took a second to register and then began to blow their whistle to get the attention of the other lifeguard. What a delegating lifeguardering! <laughs> I managed to turn to face my saviour and felt hopeful as they walked hurriedly towards me. Only they Walk. didn't stop. They kept walking right past me all the way around to the other end of the pool to have a chat with the chair lifeguard to find out what the problem was. Oh my god. By the time the lifeguard had figured out that I was the one who was drowning, I'd made it to the side of the pool and hauled my myself out. I then vomited the most glorious rainbow of chewed <laughs> jelly sweets and pool water all over the tiled floor. That's I must have heaved grim. a good few times because it just kept coming out. <laughs> the lifeguard tiptoed through my puke and helped me back to the changing room. She was actually surprisingly sympathetic considering she was going to have to mop up my mess. All the best, Matt Horn. 
God. What? And he never ate pick a mix ever again. What a wonderfully long and beautiful story about sick. Jesus. Uh, who wants to take on this absolute essay from Elliot oh, from Edinburgh? Oh my God. I guess it falls to me. Go for it, mate. Elliot from Edinburgh. All right. <clears throat> Hope you're well. Thank you for the weekly podcast. It always gives me a good laugh, which is especially welcome given current events. Well, let's see if uh, you're still laughing after all this bullshit. Also, current events was probably about six weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, I've been listening to the recent stories about near-death drowning, and it's reminded me of a stag do, which was 14 years ago this May. Me and a group of friends had hired a holiday house in the country near the Scottish borders as I'd fancied a more relaxed stag, stag do rather than the usual format of getting pissed and staggering around city centre pubs. Not that I have anything against that, but we just tended to do that regularly anyway, so fancied a bit of a change. Absolute ledge. Yeah. We arrived at the house around lunchtime. It was a cracking place surrounded by picturesque countryside and a big river at the bottom of its garden. As it was lovely, as it was a lovely warm May day, we started up a barbecue and sat enjoying some food and beers by the water's edge. As the beer started to flow, we somehow got onto the topic of how relatively recent disposed Iraq dictator Saddam Hussein <laughs> used to swim across the Tigris River as a show of strength. It's funny what you talk about when you're absolutely pissed. That's funny. Yeah, it's That's hilarious. funny any time. <laughs> One of my friends, Stephen, announced that he reckoned he could easily swim across the river besides us to show his strength. (laughs) As we all knew this was just drunken chat, we told him to shut up. He started betting us money that he could do it, but we didn't want to encourage him to end up in a watery grave, so we just ignored him. Then this escalated with Stephen claiming that he would do it just for the glory. And before we could stop him, he leaped, fully clothed, into the water. (laughs) <laughs> imagine what imagine being like, I love because what what Stephen's definitely forgot he's done that weird thing where you get pissed and like start believing your own hype yeah yeah he's clearly forgotten that this is all based on him being as good as swimming as Saddam Hussein <laughs> <laughs> he's like what oh, most people have God. when they're you know when they're drunk and they're in a club and they're dancing and they think they're a great dancer but this is a lot that's, more dangerous that's the bar that. that's been set yeah, yeah. Saddam <laughs> <coughs> For the first few metres, there was a sort of drunken mix of wading, sorry, doggy paddle and doggy paddle. However, when he got a bit deeper, he turned into a panicked thrashing. (laughs) At this point, we were starting to get a bit concerned and debated about trying to help him. However, by the current... By then, the current had grabbed him and was washing him down the river. (laughs) We were sure at this point that he was going to end up identifying his bloated body in a morgue at some later date. However, he saw some... He somehow managed to... reach the other side and get to his feet only to start vomiting river water and tenant's lager which caused him tenant's lager, which caused him to fall back into the river <laughs> that is powerful vomit I hadn't read that far he vomited and, so hard he fell back in the river and be washed away another 10 metres until he got stuck in the river bank no. oh my god he eventually pulled himself up to our cheers, but then realised, much to our delight, that there was no way to get back across <laughs> as there was no bridge for miles. He clearly didn't want to come back the same way, so he started trudging soaking wet across a field on the opposite bank. He eventually turned back up at the house a couple of hours later, as apparently he'd come across a couple of locals who took pity at the state he was in and gave him a lift back. When they asked what had happened, he told them his mates had pushed him into the river and run off. What a bastard. Oh, the glory, mate. (laughs) Stephen. 
Anyway, the rest of the stag do went on without too much of an incident. I got married to a lovely wife a month later and we celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary. All the best. Stay safe. Cheers. Elliot from Edinburgh. What a fucking story. That was a tale, wasn't it? I'm as good as Saddam. And ten minutes later, he's vomiting on a riverbank so hard he fell back in the river. (laughs) That is the best Why did it have to be a debate as to whether or not they were going to try and save him? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if he wants the glory, he's got to do it himself. Uh, Jesse, do you want to take on this this big boy about Vietnam from JB? <laughs> Gladly. Um, he says, Hi IGN team. In 2008, I was backpacking around the world with three friends. We started in Southeast Asia, spending a few amazing weeks traveling down the coast of Vietnam. Eventually, we found the city of Nha Trang and its incredible coastline. <laughs> Sounds the like they discovered th- it. <laughs> 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 The morning after arriving, we headed to the eerily quiet beach and its pristine white sand. After soaking up some of the sun, we were in severe need of a cool down and the sea beckoned. On first look, it was very inviting with some nice sized gentle waves sweeping in to add some extra fun. Or so we thought. At some, <laughs> as, strong, fun. <laughs> as strong simmers, we, sw- swimmers, not simmers, we each raced in, taking big strides as the water got deeper before diving headfirst into the next oncoming wave. Cool surf dudes, right? But <laughs> under the waves, our confidence swiftly disappeared. Being fully submerged under the wave, I could suddenly feel the pull of the tide below, shooting me out to the sea like a demented uh, fume at a pool of horrors. Um, I lo- well, also, I just want to point out, I love the idea that you watch someone dive into a wave once. You're like, oh, cool surf dude. What a cool Can surf we go back dude. to that as well? Cool surf dudes, right? <laughs> cool surf so dudes, right? Great. It's wicked. When I finally surfaced, the beach was twice as far away, but before I could start swimming, a massive wave roared behind me, crashing down and sending me back into the watery vortex that zipped me out even further. Panicking like fuck, I swam as hard as I could for the beach, but every wave felt bigger and the pull out to sea stronger. With little energy left and some dicey trial and error, I realized I could ride the waves towards the shore as long as I swam over the crest before it crashed down and plunged me into the danger zone. He is a cool surf dude. Yeah, that's a rational come with like professional tactics, which is pretty Mm, sweet. So keep that in mind. My my last in memory is one of me at the top of a huge wave looking down at one of my friends who was about to be wiped out and screaming, go back. <laughs> this is the first time Jesse's found it truly funny and it's the first time someone's definitely close to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, before he too entered the Vietnamese washing machine. <laughs> That's what they call it now. The locals call it that. The Vietnamese <laughs> washing machine. That's my wrestling name. Yeah, that is a good wrestling. We all eventually reached the shore, exhausted and lucky to be alive. Those primary school swimming lessons never seemed so valuable. We later went for lunch and told our story to a waitress at a small cafe. She pointed out the many signs around the beach, all in Vietnamese, that said, don't enter the water. Fuck. She then showed us a newspaper with the story about three French guys who had drowned the week before. Double fuck. Thanks reading and for Christ's sake, respect the sea. Cheers, JB. Respect the Vietnamese washing machine. I wish all of our emails ended in thanks for reading and for Christ's sake, respect the sea. (laughs) I I didn't mean to laugh so much at your near-death experience, but it was quite funny. That's. I think that's as close to a terrifying one as we have in here. Like There was one about people getting stuck on a houseboat in a storm that was like, 
I can't remember who wrote it, I'm sorry, but it was genuinely harrowing. They were describing like being washed <laughs> against the glass as their sister was inside screaming oh, through the window. I was like, Christ. this isn't funny yeah. at all. That's not that sort of podcast. No. Yeah. But well done. You, mm. I'm going to read that to be scared. <laughs> this is from Ken. Mm. Hello, lads. Long time listener, first time writer. See? On the topic of drowning stories, I once had an incident when I lived in Munich about 10 years ago. I was out with friends enjoying the German summer at Feldmoching Lake. That's how they speak. When I decided to go for a swim. The lake is only about 200 metres across, so a reasonably casual journey for most people. Naturally, what I hadn't considered is that, unlike most people, I am an absolutely shite swimmer. And so I ventured out into the water, and by the time I was halfway across the lake, I was completely knackered. Fortunately, years of aqueous tomfoolery had taught me that I am quite buoyant, so I proceeded. <laughs> what a beautiful sentence! So I proceeded to starfish on the water while I regained my energy. Nice. At this point, I was only slightly anxious about my impending death because, at the very least, I could wait out my fatigue. During this time, I realised that, given my buoyancy, it would actually be much easier to complete my journey using the backstroke, and so I pinpointed my destination and set off. A couple of minutes later, having not reached said destination, I turned over to check my bearings, only to find that I had completed a full circle and was yet again floundering in the middle of the lake. My anxiety was now at cloth-touching levels. Again, I starfished, this time considering the life choices that had led me here. I had no choice but to continue with the backstroke, hoping that my internal compass would not run me again. As luck would have it, this time I managed to make it to shore. After hauling myself onto dry land, I laid panting like an asthmatic dog, thanking my friend the starfish for saving me from certain death. Keep up the good work, Ken. Oh, I like amazing, a, an Ken. observer's point of view of that would just be some guy just doing a backstroke in circles yeah. in the middle of this that's the, Yeah, he just looked like he was having a lovely time. That's the rare, um, the rare drowning story where they save themselves. So well done, Ken. Nice. I like that. Uh... Okay, you ready for another biggie, Dale? I got, well, uh, the next one has my name on it, so oh, does, does it? someone else want to do this one? Wait, where's that? What are you, are you referring Hello? to Dave the Whale Wyatt? No, the one after that. Oh, okay. Has my name on it, oh. so if someone wants to read this one, I'll go, go on. on then, Jesse. I'll, I'll go in. You can tell uh, that I Dave. got really bored with choosing who would write which one, <laughs> so some of them have names and some don't. He says, hello, pod people, long-time listener, first-time writer, Again, et cetera, et cetera. First-time writers! It's amazing. We've really rung in with the drowning community. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the drowning community. It's going to go on the, the Reddit that are drowning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I have a drowning story. I grew up in Spain, and when I was 16, me and my friend, we'll call him Jack, as that's his name, <laughs> had been playing a game on... I like I had to clarify so that. So unnecessary. Yeah. Um, had been playing a game on the shore of who could swim out the furthest and still swim down and pull sand from the bottom of the sea. It sounds simple, but after a while, it gets quite knackering. Hmm. Anyway, after after that, we took this girl out on a boat before heading... Um, before boarding the SS rubber dinghy, we wrapped up some special sandwiches in plastic bags and went off. But the we sandwich, we should point out, sandwiches is in inverted commas. Yeah. What, is, yeah. what are they? Thank we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> We went out a fair distance and then threw a cord around a buoy. So is it booby or bowie? Or, or I say boy. A boy, yeah, is boy. it? But some people so say buoy. So we didn't float off and proceeded to take turns on hitting these 
sandwiches. After a while, <laughs> what the fuck is that, <laughs> Just a man? dramatic pause there, Jesse. I love you it. have to. That's storytelling. <laughs> After a while, I'm feeling a little bit high. So I guess That's the sandwiches. Yeah. I guess the sandwiches were just part brownies. Weed. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Or they're just weed. A sandwich yeah. is a weed. That I'm going to look this up. Sandwiches. Weed. Can you get sandwich edible? Weed but wouldn't he just I said brownies in inverted commas? Oh, who? It's a dictionary. It is apparently a euphemism. Eating a sandwich is euphemism for smoking weed. Is it? Um, oh. It's used in How I Met Your Mother, apparently. Oh, okay. Right. Well, there we go. Anyway, after getting high, in spirits, we started talking about the game we played back on the shore. Both competing for this girl's attention, Jack challenged me to swim right down and get some sand. Bloody not one Jack. to pass off a challenge and not being entirely sober, I've, I dived in and began swimming straight down. I'd done some lifeguard training that summer, so I'd been training to hold my breath for longer and longer lengths, and I was full of that 16-year-old cockiness I miss so much. That said, I was still a chunky monkey. Not relevant, <laughs> but it's still funny to imagine a fat boy drown. <laughs> that's, that's, okay. your, that's your words, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I can say these. Um, as I swam deeper and deep, it was getting colder and colder and it began getting dark. How far are you swimming down, dude? That's God, he's mad. good at swimming. <laughs> at this point, I was finding it harder to hold my breath, but I thought it can't be much further and pushed on. Soon my hand touched the bottom and I... Uh, grass some deep sea sand sweet success i turned to swim up and realized that i had not only thought about the return journey <laughs> looking up i could barely see anything and my slightly addled mind realized in horror what i had done i kicked off the floor and swam up blood was rushing into my eyes and ears and i could feel my heart beating in my teeth blood As was, was rushing rushing into my eyes <laughs> oh my god that sounds bad yeah as i was rising my head felt like it was going to pop and my chest was on fire and Jesus. when i could see the boat it still looked oh so far away i the, didn't read this properly <laughs> the pure panic and adrenaline helped me to breach the surface and i felt like i was shot out of the water all majestic like a whale <laughs> that first intake of breath was so painful i thought i was going to pass out Oh, Jack God. grabbed me by the trunks and pulled me abroad. <laughs> by the trunks? Yeah, that was the fuck it up, Grab man. his arm. <laughs> <laughs> my vision was gone and my head was pounding. I promptly threw up all over the boat and lay there sobbing. I love how much vomit there is in these stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jack had to row us back to shore and after a few hours, I felt okay again. Even though I had returned victorious with a fistful of sand, I did not get the girl. Jack and Vicky are still together now, and although it's been about 15 years, I still remember that feeling of pure dread, and I'll never swim under the influence again. Can you imagine him, like, just after throwing up, like, <laughs> nearly out of breath, with a handful of sand going up to the girl and go, will you be my girl? <laughs> Vicky, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, just yeah. vomit dribbling down his chin. Oh, Dave I've got Wyatt. sand. What a ledge. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. That was brilliant. <clears throat> okay. Oh, now the whale makes sense. <laughs> yes, yeah, Dave the Whale. Right, this is from this is from Dan. Similar to someone on the previous podcast, I have a story of almost drowning at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon in Florida. The park has a lazy river running all the way around it. The idea is to drift around on a rubber ring, relaxing. Me and that. my sister, di- yeah, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. Uh, me and my sister didn't take this approach though, and instead of instead turned it into the floor is lava type game where you could A, only breathe whilst in the ring and B, could only stay in a ring for 30 seconds and C, only move between rings underwater. I was about 12, 13 at the time and during one game I went to move rings without realising the ring had built up ahead of us and they were all occupied. With no gaps between rings where I could surface and no empty rings to go in, I started to panic. 
I realised I had no other choice than to go for the occupied ring. <laughs> I, pu- okay. I pushed off the floor, <laughs> off the river, and into one of the rings, forcing the poor, unsuspecting person currently in the ring out of it. <laughs> Needless to say, I took one big breath and then went back underwater before they could see who had done it. <laughs> Fortunately, space then opened up and I was able to surface a little way away. A little way away, yeah. Still in time to see a very confused middle-aged man trying to get back onto his ring. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Keep up the great work, as always. Uh, he had no other choice than to risk his own life by potentially <laughs> drowning when he could have just stayed in his ring for a or, little bit. Imagine that just one come guy, up just, for air. <laughs> yeah. That guy just getting spiked out of his ring. Turn around and no one's there. Yeah, because I mean, you'd just be like, is that part of the ride? Is there, like a, <laughs> is there meant to be a monster? <laughs> Well, you know, absolute dedication to the game, though, between you and your sister. Like, bravo. Yeah, it's very good. It's good. Right, I'm going to read oh, this from sickening. Gage. I think it's Gage. Or Gage. Could be Gage. Uh, or Hahe. Hello, lads. Hahe from California. <laughs> Just wanted to use lads, as I'm jealous of your wicked, awesome UK slang, and may wicked try to pepper awesome. in some throughout the email. And you all wicked can awesome, let me bro. know if I'm spot on or if I've buggered it. You've buggered it, because that's not how we speak. <laughs> yeah. Also, wicked awesome. <laughs> that's where totally we, wizard, bro. Where we live in Northern <laughs> California, the coastline is much less Hollywood beach babes and palm trees, and much more what I'd reckon the coast of Northern Ireland is like. The water's usually well below comfortable, somewhere between 45 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit, which don't know what that is in Celsius, but it's probably it's low. Cold. The coastline is rocky and the waves wicked and choppy. (laughs) So surfing growing up was always a challenge. One day, out surfing with my mate, eh, he writes. That works. I caught one of my best waves all day. Triumphant in my glorious catch, I rode it in as far as I could, completely forgetting about the infamous wash rock, which jutted out (laughs) of the sea about eight feet right above where I was approaching the shore. Seeing my treacherous fate, I dove off my board just feet from the jagged rock. I saw my board get slammed into the rock and flip over it and towards the beach. I dove deep to try and avoid the current, and although I'm a relatively strong swimmer, I got caught in an undertow and pulled down even deeper. I don't really remember how I got to the surface, but it must have been at least a minute 30 underwater. I came... Uh, I kind of just came to, making my way to to the beach. My board battered, but ultimately, it was all right. It was, as people have been known to say in Cali, hella gnarly, brah. (laughs) Anyway, loved all the shows, Uh, blah, blah, blah. P.S. What is slogging? I think he means snogging. Is that what you say for kissing someone? Seems like an ugly word for something so pleasant. (laughs) Cheers, mates. To be fair, I do hate the word. Snogging's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Snogging and shagging. They're both <laughs> awful terms for yeah. nice things. Well, slogging <laughs> is nothing. Yeah, slogging is But like, wouldn't life. it just be another way to say like you slogged through something? Yeah, like, slog- yeah, yeah. Through slogging through it is, uh, yeah, just I like... Suppose, yeah. It was a slog. Wading. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Uh, very inside uh, Joe, but then all the way through that reading, that all I could think of was Iniesta from... Uh, <laughs> from... From... Uh, Zafa Joe watch. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't, well, if you've listened to the podcast, you may already know watch Zaffa Cakes, but uh, he's very mm. good, and his character for Andres Iniesta, a real Spanish man, speaks like <laughs> hella gnarly, brah, which is Everything's great. gnarly. Uh, it's very funny. I've just minimised all the windows on my screen. I'm still oh, recording, though. It's fine. Joe. Okay. That's good. Uh, Dale or Jesse wants to take Alf. I'll take Alf. We're still like two-thirds <clears throat> of the way through. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, he's, he starts off by calling himself Alfie, and then at the end he ends at Alf. Interesting. You know, you know, pick a lane, mate. What are we doing? <laughs> so I'm going. I'm saying Alf. My name's Alf. 
but not that it matters because it really doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the amazing story of my beach ball and how it nearly killed me. And let me tell you, it how this, however, matters. <laughs> Okay. One, one sunny afternoon or morning, I can't remember because I fucking drowned. <laughs> That's the I best start to all ball. of these. I don't care about your beautiful descriptions of hazy summers long past. I can't so remember because I drowned. He's very much started the rhythm of, here's a detail, actually, don't know if that's true, doesn't matter. Yeah, It's <laughs> great. Let's, let's hope it keeps up. <laughs> I was playing with my beach ball and I must have been about six years old. So the beach ball compared to my size and height was fucking massive. <laughs> I was at the shore and holding onto my beach ball and out of nowhere I remember this big man running up to me and loudly laughing as he booted the beach ball while I was holding it. <laughs> my beach ball was my best friend at the time so I was not letting go. Oh, Alf. The, f- <laughs> the force from the kick pushed me and my ball out to sea. I remember the waves rushing over my head and every time my head came above what I could... I could the man. I, I could, assume, hear, I could hear the man loudly laughing. <laughs> I remember. Sw- I remember swallowing water and washing, waking up on the beach, surrounded by paramedics and a lifeguard. <laughs> Three bad things about this story. Number one, my parents were off sunbathing or something further down the beach. <laughs> Two, my fucking beach ball is lost at sea. And three, where the fuck is the big man? He's vanished, but he's not completely gone because he's big. His big loud laugh still haunts me in my dreams. <laughs> I hope you're all doing okay and staying safe. Your Friday weekly listener, Alf. I love Aww. that that story isn't so much about drowning as it is being kicked by a man when you're six. <laughs> it's the sort of thing you see on those YouTube compilations of like crazy things of like people like a, ball, a child holding onto a beach ball and going with it when it's got booted into the air. That's so weird. <laughs> no, what? I'm going to take Alistair's because this I just remembered what this is. It made me laugh. Mm. From Alistair Like many others I have had the pleasure of almost drowning And this story is from when I was around Two or three Oh oh my god, you remember that far back? I don't know if he does On a visit to the local park with my mum's sister Our friend and her mum I fell into the polluted end of the pond (laughs) Why has your pond got a non-polluted end And a polluted end? Uh, when they were all conveniently looking in a different direction. That makes it sound like they were looking in a different direction on yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I sank straight to the bottom. More on that later. <laughs> Leaving nothing but bubbles as the only clue to, where, to my whereabouts. After cut, This is horrible. After cutting my fingers to ribbons on the stone edging of the pond while oh. trying to escape, I remember turning around and seeing what I thought was Jaws before I was yanked <laughs> from the water by my hair. <laughs> yes, I had seen Jaws when I was too young. You, you can't have been two or three. You watch Jaws when you're two. Unbelievable. No, Alistair, I'm calling bullshit. (laughs) It's still funny, though. Thankfully, my sister spotted my bubbly SOS and alerted the adults. (laughs) Half bald, soaking as we left the park and returned home. (laughs) Pulled your hair off. Yeah, that's mad. Remember I mentioned pollution? Green poops for a week. (laughs) Is that how it works? I don't know. Maybe. After some controlled experimentation in water, I have concluded that I don't float. I think this has been passed down from my dad as I witnessed what? him going down a small flume at a pool whilst on holiday where he came to a complete stop in the same sitting position at the bottom of the pool and had to stand up and walk over to the ladder to get out. What? I just avoid water where possible now. <laughs> this, this, that hereditary not being able to float. Like you're wearing, like, well documented. Like those pe- people in old-fashioned diving suits walking across the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Alistair, I don't believe any of that, but I found it amusing. (laughs) Uh, Jesse, you want to take Mario's? Yes, I will gladly take Mario. 
When I was around six or seven, I was learning how to finally swim without a life jacket or whatever. And while at camp, my dad let me go swim on my own for the first time. Immediately There's a lot after- of all whatevers, isn't there? In this? Yeah, but we <laughs> learned from Alf that that's because they drowned and don't remember. Oh, that's okay. true. Sorry to interrupt. The, tr- the trauma. <laughs> Immediately after jumping from the dock, I swam about two feet before realizing I had no idea what I was doing. I just went right under. <laughs> my dad immediately came and grabbed me, but not before whilst... But not before, whilst underwater, I could catch a glimpse of what I swear was a fucking four-foot-long massive catfish looking me dead in the face. <laughs> After that incident, I, knew, I didn't go anywhere near the water for about three years. Cheers, guy. Love the show. I, I, I really enjoy the brevity of that one. Just got yeah. in the water, forgot how to do anything, saw a catfish. <clears throat> See ya. <laughs> it's great. That is great. I'm really happy it. with it. Dale, you uh, want to take on Garrett? Oh, no, uh, you've again, got another my one. name is on the next one. All right. Mm. I'll do Garrett. <laughs> Disclaimer. While I look back on this memory fondly, I also recognise what an irresponsible idiot I was. <laughs> and we should say, actually, we should have started with this. Obviously, we are not condoning hilarious drowning. <laughs> hey, guys. Figured I'd jump in on the drowning fun. <laughs> what is wrong this with This is the people? first time anyone's I mean, he put drowning in inverted comments as well. Nah. So. I was yeah, but you should put the inverted commas around fun. Uh, fun, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so called drowning the mainstream media keeps talking to me about. Gatekeeping drowning. <laughs> Virtue signalling drowning again. White knights. I once took a trip down to California with a friend from college. We spent the day boogie boarding. Google it. Lame but fun. I like boogie boarding. Around dinner Is that t- when you lie on your chest? Yeah, it's like a little surfboard that you put on your chest. It's good. Yeah. Was this mate Gage? <laughs> yeah, him and Gage. <laughs> <laughs> we spent the day boogie boarding. Around dinner time, we went to this awesome rooftop bar, which had many flavours of mojito. They even came <laughs> with a large sugar cane to chew on. A plus. Cool. I love a mojito. Anyway, my friend was a bit thirstier for more than mojitos, and in an attempt to quench that thirst, ordered more mojitos for the two of us while tipping the friendly bartender lady quite well. We want to try each flavour, I remember him saying, (laughs) in exactly the voice I just did. (laughs) No complaints from me because uh, because free drinks. Well, we tried each flavour and stumbled back to the hotel. It was then that my friend said we should go boogie boarding one last time before going to sleep. I knew then that this was a terrible idea, but the man had just bought me like $100 in mojitos, so I said, what the hell? (laughs) Again, not condoning. This is terrible. Don't do it. Fuck, it's funny. Exactly what you'd figure would happen happened. A very large, strong wave took me. (laughs) Took me. Wrapped you in your arms. I was kidnapped by the sea. I lost the board. It, I lost the board, and it pushed me headfirst into the bottom of the sea. Sea bruises on forehead. He did attach a picture of himself covered in bruises. It was quite harrowing. It then pushed me forward, making my body front flip underwater. I landed on my face, which was then drug against the sand on the ocean floor. I remember as my face hit the sand the second time, feeling my feet slash legs getting pushed over my head in a sort of neck-breaking contortion. (laughs) The wave left me literally washed up on the beach. I crawled by my knees to get out of the water and wet sand and collapsed for a long while. I vividly remember the feeling of my heart beating fast in the back of my neck. And with each pulse... uh, an inset sea soreness. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what? I think that might be a uh, typo issue. After a while of laying, I was able to get up and was somehow okay. Very lucky. So, let's talk about the wound. 
The bruises <laughs> on my me. face were boring. <laughs> and just that, bruises. The bruises on my face were boring. Fucking hell. The good stuff was the area by my chin slash lip. The sand acted like sandpaper and took off all of the skin. Oh, it wept blood and a pus-like substance for about a week and a half constantly. <laughs> uh, I was a restaurant waiter at the time, and this was the same picture I sent. Uh, he's this is the picture he sent us. Was the same picture I sent to my manager asking if I should come in. She said no. Cheers, Garrett from Vegas. So that's you also don't want sandy pus going into your food at the restaurant. That's like that's a not... no. That's a bit like um, a sort of near drowning with a bit of jackass. It was great. Thanks, Garrett. Uh, Dale. Yeah, this is from Brad. Long time listener, first time writer. Again, nice. From sunny Australia. Bad. Last week, last week's podcast inspired me to send in my funny drowning story. Yeah, sorry we haven't read this for months. <laughs> <laughs> when I was about, imagine if you just stopped listening to it. I was like, I wrote in and they didn't even read it. What is the Bullshit. point? Bullshit. Yeah. When I was about six years old, my grandparents came over from the UK to stay with us for a few weeks. We had a pool and I was pretty, and I was a pretty confident swimmer. One afternoon we were hanging out around the pool and my nan, who was not a great swimmer, accidentally fell into the deep end of the pool. I was the only one close by and immediately jumped in, in the attempt to save my nan's life. And I went under the water and I pushed up on my nan's ass with all my might. <laughs> That's why I wanted you to say it. This is why I signed you, because to hear you say nan's ass really made Isn't me that? laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, with the size of me and the size of my nan, <laughs> well, I was going to say nan's ass. Then. Unfortunately, the size of me and the size of my nan, instead of going up, we just kept going down. What felt like a lifetime, but was probably only about ten seconds. My dad, sorry, what felt like a lifetime and was probably only about ten seconds. My dad ended up pulling us, uh, pulling us both out, and I never got the gratitude I really wanted to be a hero. <laughs> Even 28 years later, I think about that story. I can shut my eyes and see my nan's fat ass crushing me down the depths below. Fucking hell. Brad. That's so sad that you got crushed by your nan's ass. Just a huge silhouette just coming straight towards your face. What do you think his nan thought? It's like, you just see him diving into Saver and he just goes down with her. (laughs) Useless. Take me with you, nan. Uh, Jesse, bring us George H's tale. He says, Hi gang, when I was about 10 years old, I went on holiday with my family to Gran Canaria, where we decided to go parasailing. This is where you are paragliding, but you're attached to a boat by rope. Thank you, George. It's really fun. I love parasailing. (laughs) It does look cool. But he goes on to say, The driver liked to slow down enough that your legs get dipped into the sea, at which point he accelerates again, and then you go back up. However, when it was my turn to be dipped, the driver slowed down, but then the boat engine stalled. (laughs) The result result was that it wasn't just my legs that slipped down, but my whole body was just submerged, followed by the parachute on top of us. I should mention that this was also a tandem parasail, and so I was strapped in with a girl I'd never met. Awesome. (laughs) A bit of of panic was was starting to set in as the parachute became insanely heavy once it was wet and was pushing us down. Eventually, the boat started up again and accelerated at a lightning speed, but rather than lift us up, where we instead were just dragged (laughs) us in the water, getting more and more tangled in the straps and parachute. That sounds horrible. This felt it lasted for hours, and I was beginning to swallow dangerous amounts of water. (laughs) The girl I was with was also unintentionally (laughs) kneeling in the pond multiple times. Long story short, we eventually... Long story short, we eventually were pulled back onto the boat and untangled. I saw my dad looking worried. 
looking worried and angry, and the driver had a bleeding nose. I later Ooh. found out that my dad punched him in the face for his near fatal cock up. Thank you, and keep up the good work. I know that. Bef- what, before uh, they got back to shore? Yeah, while he's driving. driving punching, him. <laughs> punching him in the face. Or maybe maybe his dad took over driving the boat. It's oh, like, let sick. me do it. What a ledge. Like, out of all the... Like, obviously, there's a lot of stories here that are all... Obviously, we're quite traumatic for people, but that's the one where I've truly felt it. Like, I felt the panic. Imagine being dragged underwater. That'd be oh, awful. God, that sounded horrible. <laughs> Still. And then get a knead in the balls. Yeah, what I know. Worse. Imagine that. You die with ball pain. That would be awful. Wow. <laughs> that's sickening. Uh, I'm going to close this out with one from Mark. It is a full novel. It's brilliant. Right. <clears throat> the end of the drowning special. Dear IGN UK crew, apologies in advance for the lengthy email. Guess I finally need to admit the truth. (laughs) Long-time listener, first-time writer. Again, big fan of the podcast and would love to one day join in on one of your live events. Imagine if we'd got to do the Drowning Special live. Imagine doing a live event. (gasps) Imagine if we did another, if we did Drowning Special 2, but at a pool. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, Feels a bit irresponsible, that one. Yep. Funny. Your request for aquatic anecdotes dredged a long-suppressed memory of what is likely my most socially inept yet victorious moment. (laughs) This must have happened sometime around the turn of the millennium. The idealistic promise of what the next thousand years could bring fueled a feel-good heyday enjoyed by all. Tony Blair was still a good guy by popular opinion. Oh, if only. He doesn't drown Tony Blair. I was really excited about that bit. I was young, not yet in secondary school, and on a family holiday in sunny Mallorca. We were staying at one of those package holiday resorts, familiar to many. The hotel staff were accommodating, buffets were served three times a day, and the focal point of all attention was focused on the pool. It stretched itself along the entire length of the hotel complex, gradually gaining depth from one end to the other. As this was a child-friendly resort, the parents would idly sunbathe on poolside lounges while we children ran wild. It was a place of lawlessness. Jostling, bombing and pushing were all acquiesced under the not-quite-so-watchful eye of the lifeguard. Life was good. That is, until I was targeted. There was a Spanish boy. Let's call him Miguel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Similarly aged, but larger than myself, who would incessantly push me into the pool. I mean, any and every time I was poolside and vulnerable, I would be unwittingly propelled. Even within the confines of the poolside Thunderdome, Miguel would go too far. (laughs) On one life-destroying occasion, he pushed me while I was minding my own business playing Pokemon Red on my Game Boy. I remember I was hunting for Dratini within the Safari Zone at the time. (laughs) Detail we did. Yeah, this drowning story didn't end with not remembering detail. Too much, if anything. Both the Game Boy and the cartridge were a write-off. I don't know what I did to deserve Miguel's wrath as we shared no language, but he would make sure to wait for me to splatteringly splatteringly resurface each time so we could gloat with a silent, triumphant smirk. This How con- close was he sitting to the pool? Sorry, when he was playing with his. I'm imagining him dangling his in. legs in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On pool That's side. dangerous, mate. I know, but you That's know, gonna happen. You still don't want to get pushed in by Miguel. <laughs> also, I hate to say it, but I think Miguel spotted your weakness, man. I think Miguel like, he knew was- he was dealing with a little Dratini searching nerd. <laughs> he could tag. <laughs> and I was one of those nerds. I remember being. You were his Dratini. I remember being. <laughs> <laughs> and the pool was his for safari zone I uh, I remember being called a son of a bitch by a young Belgian girl and that really really hurt my feelings so I've, I've, I feel your pain with Miguel 
Oddly, I never witnessed Miguel enter the pool himself, nor did I ever spot his family. Maybe he was a ghost. This led me to believe he was not on holiday like the rest of us, but a local boy who sneaked onto hotel grounds to take advantage of the unsupervised pool and buffet. I mean, why would a Spaniard go on holiday in Spain? You didn't make sense to my developing brain. <laughs> That's like a weird little poem. <laughs> and then I got my revenge. One evening, my parents decided we should go out to eat. As we were walking towards reception, I noticed my tormentor. He was overlooking the deepest end of the now gently still pool, closed for its nightly detox, no doubt relishing the menace of pushes made and pushes to make. (laughs) (laughs) Just planning, his plotting his next day. Mark, you better be an author, because this is amazing. What was unusual about this scene, however, was that Miguel was dressed in a formal suit. The whole shebang. He looked like the reclusive head of a powerful crime syndicate, (laughs) relaxing in the moments before an attempt on his life. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Propelled by the loving memory of our perished Pokemon, I excused myself on the pretense I needed to quickly return to our room. Once I lost sight of my family, it's like fucking Sam Fisher. Once I lost sight of my family, <laughs> I double backed on myself, this time using the busy poolside bar to cover my advance. Miguel's back was still turned, none the wiser. My intention was to gloat in the same vein as he had done so many times before. I wanted him to know it was me. <laughs> but rather than it. So. We'll say, I don't think he properly explains. He does push him. Um, So he has pushed him at this point. Yeah. But rather than immediately resurface, Miguel engaged in the desperate dance of the drowned. (laughs) He splashed with such urgency he shook his suit jacket free. Acutely aware my attempted murder had been witnessed by the many families (laughs) gathered around the bar, I quickly panicked. However, rather than help Miguel get out of the pool, I scarpered. (laughs) The splashing became progressively distant as I returned to my family, who were none the oh wiser. I ate Coward. steak and chips that night, all the while <laughs> harbouring... Like drive-by drowning. <laughs> I ate steak and chips that night, all the while harbouring the heavy weight of a man who had committed a terrible crime. <laughs> Occasionally, I still think about the aftermath of that evening. I never saw Miguel again, but the pool was open what? as usual the next day, and nobody reprimanded me before I flew back home. I assume it turned out all okay. <laughs> Sometimes I even come close to feeling sorry for Miguel, but then I think about my beloved Game Boy. Fuck him, I conclude, and push the memory back down. Best wishes, Mark. So he could have killed someone, what? and he doesn't know. An incredible yeah, but there's tons story. of people there to save Miguel, though, so like he's fine. If the pool wasn't closed, Miguel's fine. Uh, mm. What an unbelievable end to the drowning special. I I love those stories, and I know I shouldn't, and I feel bad for it, but fuck me. There are some absolute corkers in there. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a brilliantly stupid thing to have done. Um, if you'd like to send us, I don't know, any old stories, they can be about drowning if you like. We might not read them out, I should mm-hmm. say. We read all the emails. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com is the place that you can email us. Uh, I know it's a stupidly long email and I apologise for it, but I mean, there's probably something we could do. It's it's never going to change. Too now. lazy, too isn't it? Yeah. Um, what, are the, what are the most dangerous flights you've been on and are you a pilot? Oh man, have you ever been on a flight that's uh, just coming into land and then they decide that they have to pull up again because the wind's too yes, bad? Yes, I've had that. I've had that yeah. twice. It's that the ha- scariest yeah. That happened fucking... in Gibraltar. <laughs> yeah, I hate yeah. it because they do that thing where all the engines go really loud and just go... It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Horrible stuff. It's horrible. Um, yeah, don't send us nearly crashing in a plane stories. That's somehow worse than drowning. <laughs> yeah. Unless send it crashed into about- the water and then you had a funny moment of drowning or maybe if you were a pilot and you saved it from crashing that'd be quite good like a a heroic story yeah 
Although that's quite a, that's quite a, a specific request. I don't feel like I don't feel like Sully's listening to our podcast to be honest. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe if you are a professional pilot and have saved people from drowning, that would be an interesting crossover. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. If you have listened this far, you like drowning as much as we do, and that's your fault. Yep. Uh, what do we? Oh, what music do we finish with? Is there a good drowning song? <laughs> Oh is there a song um, where someone night, night swimming by R. night R. swimming by rem perfect <laughs> what a beautiful uh, way also respect the sea oh yeah just remember yeah that. what what would what was his actual words hashtag respect the sea yeah he's, he wrote that beautifully where is it for god's sake respect the sea <laughs> yeah there we go thanks for read so thanks for listening and for christ's sake respect the sea night swimming deserves a quiet Photograph on the dashboard Taken years ago Turned around backwards So the windshield shows Every street light 